Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's BudPod 195, a holiday filler. Happy New Year. Crappy smear, everyone. Um, Phil is in Malaysia and... Uh, podcasts are illegal in Malaysia, uh, so he can't do um, a recording. The various technological issues, time differences, and so on make it very difficult. Um, so I'm afraid we will be feeding you a bonus pod from the Patreon. So we've we've taken a fine a filet mignon steak or a stuffed portobello mushroom from. <laughs> from the VIP area under a little platter. We lifted the platter and we've kind of stuffed it into our um, jacket pockets full of like fluff and things. And we've smuggled it out of the VIP area, the Patreon, to you guys, to, to everyone else outside of the nightclub, in the queue, in the cold, and the snow, with your breath fogging in front of you. And we've handed this fancy steak slash portobello mushroom stuffed to the queue of people who aren't in the nightclub, e.g. you guys, and you, you're tearing it apart, tearing it into shreds, like a, when zombies get catch a guy. Um, <laughs> that's how I'm envisaging it anyway, with that same level of hunger and lust. Um, Happy New Year, crappy Pusmia. Send us, t- tweet us some resolutions, maybe. We'll get round to them by next New Year's. <laughs> Ugh. Um, the backlog for correspondence is huge. We will we will tackle that as best we can. Um, actually, I'll make a note. I'll go through and, and cull the herd, maybe. Um, I've had a good new year. I've been sitting making resolution lists and things all day. Um, I'm going to, I promise, I swear in this episode, I swear to you guys that there will be more sketches. We let, we let it fall off again. We were good for a while. We let it fall off again. Sketches are our version of going to the gym on this. Um, and we will get back on it. I swear it. I swear it. Otherwise, what am I doing paying for all that royalty-free music? Hmm? Exactly. Exactly. And uh, in terms of stuff to keep an eye out for, um, I have extra dates for my Soho Theatre run. Uh, 6th, 7th, 8th of February. So please do come to see me if you are in London on those dates. The first week beforehand is sold out. Unless you want to come see me on your own and and there's like a couple of chairs on their own. Um, But the first week is sold out. Um, So they added extra dates. Call, Call me an overabundant Middle Eastern tree, but I've got extra dates. Um, call me a cautious singleton out on the town who's been, um, what do you call it, left at the altar? What do you call it? Where someone stood me up. Oh, yeah, that's right, because I've got extra dates. There you go. Good jokes like that. Um, blah, blah, blah. Come see me. Um, they're selling pretty well, but it would be nice to do the extra dates just as successfully as the main ones. 
Phil's going to be on tour in the spring. I will be supporting him on a lot of those dates. Check out his website for the information. I will be on tour in the autumn. Check out my website for that information. Um, and I will be at Leicester Square. Leicester Square. I will be at Leicester Comedy Festival in February as well, doing a work in progress and the show I'm doing at Soho. So if you live in Leicester, don't sprint down to London unless you want to see the show twice. In which case, physicians do not recommend. They just do not recommend. Um, and other than that, uh, keep an eye out in February, I think, for me and Phil's episode of most uh, World's Most Dangerous Roads. We drive through the canyons and cliffs of Lesotho. Uh, we did the voiceover uh, stuff just before Christmas in a studio, which was cool. A little narration of our adventures. It's a sh such a shame all the stuff they had to cut out. I, I wish we could keep the rushes or something, because it was like live Bud Pod in a car. It's like some sort of Bud Pod road trip. It was sick. I loved it. Um, Phil loved most of it, but you watch. <laughs> There's some moments of true peril where he's he's loving it uh, a little less. Sorry, there's hair in my mouth. And I shouldn't sound surprised because there's hair above my lip where it grows. But nevertheless, never nice. Never a nice feeling. It's really mustache hairs. There's a real bristle aspect to them. That just ugh. Anyway. So yeah, so theater extra dates. Please do come buy tickets because... If you sell out the first week like I have, you want to sell out the extra dates. You want to seem like people can't get enough. And uh, Phil's tour, selling very well from what I'm aware of in the spring. He's going all over the UK and to Dublin um, and maybe further afield. Who knows? That boy goes to the US, don't you know? Um, yes. Okay, great. Anything else? Any other New Year's resolutions? Just the usual shit. Usual terrible business. Oh, good luck going to the gym again for the first time in however long, everyone. It's not easy. It's good, though. It's good to do. It's good to do. Be kind to yourselves and enjoy this uh, filler bonus part. So this is bonus part 193. So this is the podcast episode you would have enjoyed if you were a Patreon. Uh, on the Friday after we released the normal podcast, episode 193 on the Wednesday. So Wednesday morning, you get the normal podcast. Friday, 5 p.m. for that Friday feeling. Blah. You get the bonus pod. So this is that bonus pod. So if you want to like live it as if it was real, you can listen to them in a row and capture the vibe. I don't know. Anyway, here it is. Enjoy. Bye. It's bonus pod 193. You arrive at the International Wine Tasting Championships in Burgundy, France. You can't believe you made it. You've been studying for so long. It's so exciting. It's been really difficult. It's been really challenging. All the training and the preparation and the study. But you're here at the most prestigious wine tasting competition in the world. And it's all been leading up to this. And there you are. There are all the other teams from the other countries. There's, there's France, there's England, the United States. Zimbabwe, of course, now into, was it must be their fourth, fifth year or something. Very exciting. Um, there's Japan. There's um, uh, uh, Sweden. And you are representing your country. Um, pod... Pod, 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 
Podbudzia, Podbudzia. And you you shake hands with the judges. Uh, welcome, welcome to the competition. They they say, and you say, oh, thank you, thank you. And you sit down, and and they go, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the competition, to the wine tasting competition. Uh, we will begin now. And they bring you your first wine, and it's a white wine. They lay it down. And you pick it up and you, oh yes, you bend, you, you sort of lean it over, you have a look at the colour, you, you give a little sniff, oh yeah, mm-hmm, yeah very, it's crisp, it feels fresh, and it's probably new, um, yeah, it's lovely, take a sip, oh yes, oh, I think it's a dry Riesling, maybe mm, uh, from, oh, I think maybe it's actually, oh, German actually, oh yeah, then you write it down to, yeah, great, and then and your second wine, and they bring in another white wine, and you go, oh, okay, this one's got a bit more of a, a sort of barnyard smell to it. Um, it actually tastes more like a natural wine. I wouldn't have thought they'd include natural wines in in a sort of traditional wine tasting competition. Maybe they're branching out. Okay, okay. So maybe I'll say this is a, a low intervention kind of barnyard. Okay, this is a bit pongy actually. And then bring you the third wine. Okay, well this one's actually getting really barnyardy. This one's really starting to smell like uh, sort of uh, cow pats and farm and grass. Oh, this was actually mm, uh, yeah. Okay, oh, it tastes all right. Um, another natural wine. And then they bring you. Of the first red wine, and you go, oh wow, this is getting strong now. This is just, this is very barnyardy. This is really, actually, it's quite sort of ammonia, and oh god, this is actually quite unpleasant. It's thick. Oh, it's kind of bitter. Uh, oh gosh, um, maybe a, a, oh maybe like a very obscure natural Zinfandel from. California, but like made in a garage. This is I don't like this at all. And they bring the fifth wine. There's another red, and this one is thick, and it's quite like it's like maroon colored, and oh, and this one just smells of pure. This one smells like like a fart. To be honest, this smells like bad. And you go, Jesus! And you look up at the the French guy. He's got like his fancy pins, and he's like, "Is there a problem?" And you go, "What? Well, um, this is." Sorry, is this wine? And he goes, "This is a wine tasting championship, is it not?" And you go, I, "I yeah, I guess, but this one, I mean, this smells very. Is there fault in it? Is it okay? Is it corked?" And you raise it up to him, and he gives it a sniff, and go, and he and the guy's like, oh, like he can see he's retching, and like he holds back a puke in his mouth, and and he put, he swallows it back up, and then he goes, "No, that is correct." <laughs> And you're like, oh, okay. And and you, oh God, and you put down this natural Zinfandel. And then the final wine comes and it's just a shit in a glass. It's just shit. It's just a single solid shit in a big wine glass. And you go, uh, uh, what? I, <laughs> um, okay, this is, it's not really funny. This is kind of an important... But then you look around and everyone's got a piece of shit in a big wine glass. <laughs> the, the, the Swedes are there, like, swirling it around. Give, and they're like, hmm, and they're giving a think, and they're looking up, and mm, and they're conferring with each other. Yes, this shit is poopy, poopy, poopy. And you go, what? And you look over at Japan, and they're, like, looking at it. They're looking, peering into shit, and they're tasting a bit. And they're like, hmm. They're, like, writing notes down. And you think, what are they writing down? It's a piece of shit in a glass. What's going on? This is insane. And you stand up and you go, no, sorry, it's everyone gone mad. This is a shit in a glass. 
What's happened? This is meant to be the most prestigious wine tasting competition in the world. And we're, we're, take, we're writing down notes about a shit in a glass. This is an insult. This is not right. And then, from the back of the room, two figures have just been sat at a big table with hoods over their heads obscuring their faces they get up the chairs push back really loudly as they get up and the whole the whole room is silent as they watch these two figures walk down the aisle towards the pod bud clim clom clim clom clim clom clim clom and one one and and one one of them says is there a problem with the final wine and you go is there a problem? It's a shit in a glass, mate. What are you talking? What is this? What is this? This this is like a hate crime. This should be illegal. This is not safe. You could make people sick. And then the other figure goes, "What year?" <laughs> and you go, "What?" And the figure goes, "What year is it? What who is the producer? What region is it from?" And you go, what are you talking about? And then we, and then both figures pull down their hoods, and it's me and Pierre, <laughs> and and I say, I, I we're both really angry, and I say, amateur, <laughs> it's clearly a 2019. Pierre goes, region, England, and I go, producer, and then Pierre lifts his finger up, points at me angrily. And I said, producers me, <laughs> producers me. And then you look over at Japan and they're lifting up, they're gleefully lifting up their sheet of paper and they've got it all correct. 2019, producer Phil, region London, England. And you and you crash out of the World Wine Tasting <laughs> Championships and you're banned from France. They tear up your passport. You can never enter France again. And every time you go into, word is spread in the wine community. In the wine community, word is spread. <laughs> and... And every time you go into a wine shop, they spit at your feet and they say, get out. Welcome to Bonus Pot. Nice. Very good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice. Producer, me. <laughs> also, oh, a really horrible image oh, to man. like a log of shit in a wine glass and loads of people hushed. Yeah. Poopy, 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 poopy. <laughs> really, really gross. God's sake. <laughs> God's sake, I'm 32 years old. I'm 32 years old. And I'm making jokes that I would have made at nine. This is not right. This is not right. But at least, at least I got to really flex some, some, uh, I mean, all that setting was just based off when I watched uh, Blind Ambition. Yeah. So I just needed to down, I just needed to sort of download all that, that imagery. So I want you to know the setting was very well researched, yes. even if the story was embarrassing for a man with an engineering degree to tell. <laughs> That's the best kind of story. <laughs> Any story an engineer finds uh, embarrassing is a good one. Uh, gosh. Well, that's that's your story for this week. Enjoy, I guess. <laughs> I hope you're happy. Now, the, here's a controversial view that you espoused to me last night, which is not controversial in the normal way, but I think people will find it controversial. 
you prefer black olives to green olives. Oh yes, we actually we Pierre and I were at um, a fun little party last night, and behind the bar they had a big old jar of green olives, and Pierre said but, quite provocatively. But, I, not little oh, green yeah. olives, they're big, fat Greek ones. Big, big boys. And they're pitted as well, so we're ready to just throw yeah. in there. Um, and Pierre said, I could eat a, that whole jar in one yeah. sitting. And I said, oh, yeah, nice. I said, I said, um, I, could eat, I, could, said I could eat that whole jar in one sitting, and then I did loads of like arm flexes. Yeah, like Gaston. Yeah. He'd throw them in his mouth like eggs. Yeah. Like Gaston throws and eggs I, in his I mouth. I knocked loads of other people's drinks at the bar while I was doing it. <laughs> Pling, smash, pling. I would, I would flex my biceps and then point at the jar and then flex again. And then just continuously say the phrase, one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone did like a little clap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then I bowed. And then you said, <laughs> and I said, I think I actually prefer the black olives. Yeah. And then everyone went, oh, and returned to their conversations, yeah. leaving just me and Pierre to hash it out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not an entire and 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 then and Pierre thought, well, this is a good converse, This is a good debate to have on the pod. This will this will this will this will divide people. Yeah. And I think it definitely will. Are you a green olive person? Are you a black olive person? Personally, I think green olives. They're fine. They serve their purpose. Um, I'm not going to kick one out of bed. But the black olives just have a little a little more character, a little more depth. I like that they're a little stickier. You know, they're a little more floppy. The greens can be a little pert, a little... Um, tangy. A little tangy, a little uninviting, a little inhospitable. Whereas the black olives, they kind of melt in your mouth. They kind of... You know, they, they're kind of soya saucy. They're, they're rich. They're deep. See, you know? I think this might be something like, you know, you know that the, there's the thing where, like, based on your genetics, you can taste the aftertaste of diet cocoa. You can't. Right. So when I eat black olives, uh, there's this mm. real sort of terrible, evil tang to them. I think I know the taste you mean, but I, I don't find it unpleasant. I think in tiny quantities with the right combos of things, I, I enjoy it. Like, but but yeah, just the idea of preferring them wholesale to the big, fat, juicy green boys. And quickly, what what is the diet coke aftertaste? Um, I'm not sh- I'm not sure if I can. T- well, you can't taste. I don't it. know if I can taste it, and I just like it, or I can't taste it, and that's why I love Diet Coke so much. I just like that it tastes of chemicals. I, I'm just so addicted to it. It's oh right. Pathetic. Well, that, yeah. So I'm yeah because I assume that's what the aftertaste was. It's a chemical afterburn of Diet Coke, which I think is un- unpleasant. I don't like Diet Coke, but but it's got. Weren't you saying that, or someone said that they actually got they got the recipe for fat-free coke much better with things like coke zero or whatever yes but people like people like the fake taste of diet coke yes and they had to keep it yeah so coke zero is basically perfect sugarless coke because it, it does pretty much taste like normal coke it's got very much the same sort of um vegetable extract zing but um mm-hmm. everyone including me we would have rioted <laughs> I don't get why you like Diet Coke though. It feels 
it just feel it makes me feel like a robot when I drink Diet Coke. It makes yeah. me feel like I'm drinking like you know like something that's good for machines, but yes. not for people. Yes. <laughs> now you're talking. Robo you juice. Like that? <laughs> Robo juice. It feels like I'm drinking circuits, especially because the the can is of silver metallic. Yeah. I feel like I'm drinking a circuit. Yeah, board. or like um, it's a robot's little head that you've pulled off, and you're drinking its brain. <laughs> <laughs> gosh yeah yeah it, it's not for me it's not for me but people do get really addicted people get addicted to diet coke in a way they don't no one gets addicted to any other drink oh. not even full fat coke. i mean uh, that's me that's me i have to i've, I've had to stop buying it mm. if it's in the house mm. i'll drink liter after liter of it Oof. it's not good oy, 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 it, oy, oy. it shouldn't be done mm. Mm. If I if I was doing that with yeah. any other liquid, you'd call the police, even water. Yeah, it's too much water. Yeah, you you're diet coke logged. I'm di- I'm diet coke logged. You're diet coke logged. Um. Yeah. Now olives are something that I think as a kid I thought were disgusting. It's one of those foods that you, as a kid you're like, why do people go on about this? It's kind of like alcohol in that way. When you have alcohol and you can like, blah. And then in your adulthood, olives and booze are the best. They're the best. Yeah. Well, I think the only olives I tried when I was young were black olives. And so I was like, what is happening? Why is this on a pizza? And then <laughs> I think green olives were sort of my way <laughs> in where I was like, oh, well, these are actually, then they've got a little bit of red pepper in there in the middle now, a bit of garlic. You know, you can stuff them. Mm-hmm. Pimento. But you. You've just described such a lovely food, though. Black olives on pizza. No. Can you make green olives on pizza? It would be gross. Come no, on. No, I don't want that. I don't want that. I, I want them. Are you so you're no you're no no olives on pizza at all? I don't like. Do you know what? I feel like um, I've had high quality green olives in my life, and I've had the the kind that comes in like a tin and like a cheap takeaway. And I think I've only ever had cheap black olives. Hmm. Maybe there's a really you never good had one the out there. Kalamata? You've never had some nice kalamata? Kalamata black olives? I don't know if I have, kalamata. you know. Maybe mm. I haven't. Lovely, meaty, meaty, tasty. Maybe that's the Umami. problem. Do you do you find it a bit mind bendy as I do that when you when you eat an olive, you sort of think, where's the oil? Yeah, well, sometimes they're in oil and you're like, okay, that's that's the oil. But that's cheating. But, um, yeah, I, I don't really understand. Also, quickly, you've just reminded me of the existence of cheap black olives, which I've imagined, and yeah, those are horrible. Yeah, those the, are horrible. The little cheap, ones. cheap black olives are worse. Cheap black olives. I mean, this says a lot about my level of privilege. That when you said black olives, I just went straight to kalamata <laughs> olives. That's all I've been picturing for two days. I've been picturing kalamata oh. olives, and I, you've just reminded me of cheap black olives. And yes, those are soapy and horrible. Yeah, those are bad little yeah so cheap cheap green olives better than cheap black olives but fancy black olives are better than fancy green olives this is what i'll have to say this is what i'll have to say (laughs) at the trial pierre this is what i'll have to say to the police okay i'm warning you now when the police ask i'm gonna have to say i know i know what we said officer but i said the cheap black I I agree, cheap black olives are gross, but the fancy black olives are nicer than the fancy green olives. You're gonna be a, and they'll go, My God, you're, you're gonna right. be behind a big perspex screen and you're gonna be saying, Have you ever had 
<laughs> Kalamata olives, Clarice. <laughs> they taste quite different. <laughs> She's going to put some black olives in the little drawer and you're going to go do a big sniff and give her some advice on yes. a serial killer in exchange for some. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, yeah, let us know if you're in the green or black olive community. Yeah, which community are you in? Green olives and black olives community. <laughs> yeah, when, when, when does the oil come out of an olive? I'm so, you know what? I'm so perplexed by, about where the hell oil comes from in an olive that I just have so much admiration for like the ancient Greeks yeah. and, and like even before them, what the Phoenicians were probably extracting oil from olives. It's like, how? Yeah. How with no technology? How did you know there was olive in there, uh, oil in there? And how the hell did you get it out? And also, like, whenever you see vegetable oil, you go, "What vegetable?" That's all. It's all rapeseed, pretty much. Vegetable is pretty much all rapeseed or sunflower well, that, oil. Which, that makes more sense. To me. I, I don't know about you, Pierre. Those aren't vegetables. <laughs> Those aren't vegetables. I don't know when you've had a salad and gone, "Oh, more sunflower, please." <laughs> or. Oh, this rapeseed soup is delicious in the winter. These aren't vegetables. Uh. Well, this is my problem, is that growing up, I would see the vegetable oil, and I would look at, like, broccoli and go, really? Where? <laughs> You'd pick up broccoli and lift it to eye level and go, really? Really? Oil? Oily? <laughs> I can't think of anything less oily in the world than vegetables. No, precisely. They're the thing you eat to counter the oily food you want to eat. Yeah, they're the anti-oil. Surely. How do you get oil out out of clothes? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Not quite, Google. Out of olives. That's where we're at. Because when you eat an olive, okay. you go, hmm, juicy. But I'm not... There's no oil in my mouth. I don't... Is there? Here we go. An olive press works by applying pressure to olive paste... To separate the liquid oil and vegetation water ah. from the solid material. The oil and vegetation water are then separated by decantation. Oh. Olive presses were traditionally built within walled structures. Well, yeah. Okay. I don't see how that's pertinent. <laughs> okay. Okay. So basically, you turn olives into a paste. And I guess it's just oil in the flesh. Yeah. And you squidge it. And you squidge it. And the oil comes out. But why is there oil i guess all i guess plants have fat as well isn't it yeah plants just have fat yeah but still it's not weird to think everything has fat all living things have fat pierre even like plants Ugh. all living do you think things. fat plants and like thinner plants yeah. do you think some plants will get the other plants and like Ugh, that, uh, that 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 birch needs to diet or something <laughs> phil's out here fat shaming vegetables <laughs> I've run out of people. <laughs> I've actually named all the people. I moved on to vegetables. <laughs> um, very mysterious. Well, let us know, Phil. We got some VIP correspondence to to deal with. Oh, excellent! Excellent! Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Um... Aaron gets in touch. Aaron, uh, we're going to be hearing what you got to say. Yeah. Aaron says, hi, Bill and Ben. Which I, I like. Ah, the the poopy bum man. Poopy bum man. Um, she says, I think I found some aggressive tat you will love. See if the tat whisperer can guess the punchline. Here we are. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. Okay. I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm not particularly fresh today, but I'll. I'll try. So my it, best. the tat is. It's. It's on this link. Is it's on Etsy. Okay. And it's a candle fill. Yep. And on the glass holder for the candle, it says, "Our friendship is like this candle." Yeah. Hmm. It's a candle holder. Yeah, like a glass tube the candle is within. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our friendship is like this candle. If you blank Mm -hmm. blank, I'll blank your blank blank blank. Fucking hell. Okay. Our friendship is like this candle. If you blank blank, I will blank your blank blank. Yeah. Or rather blank your triple blank. Our friendship is like this candle. If you blank blank, I will blank your blank I'll, I'll, blank. I'll help you out a bit. Our friendship is like this candle. If you blank me... Okay. I'll blank your blank blank blank. It sounds very sexy, to be honest. If you... If you blank me... If you light me... I will... Oh, okay, okay. If... Yes, yes, yes. Aaron uh, described it as aggressive tat, remember? Fuck, okay, okay, okay. Oh, shit. If you... If you... Oh, fuck. If if you... Okay, okay. Oh, yes, okay. Our friendship is like this candle. If you leave me, I will burn your house down. You pretty much got it. I will burn your fucking house yeah. down. Yes. Basically, basically, if you forget me, I'll burn your fucking house down. But I mean, you've got it. Fucking hell. Yeah. Great. Oh, okay. If you forget. Oh wow. <laughs> I quite like that. That's kind of fun. Yeah. It's um. I like that, Ted. It's kind of fun. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it's aggressive, but it's, it knows itself. It's fun. It's one of the funniest candles I've ever seen. Yeah. Of all the candles I've seen, it is among the funniest. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh, good stuff. 
And Erin says uh, some very nice stuff. I, I won't read it out. She says uh, uh, she says some very nice stuff about the benefits of signing up to the Patreon, and she's glad she did it, which is very nice. Thank you, Erin. We do appreciate. Oh, it. excellent! On to all of you. But we appreciate. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Um, lots of love, Erin in Scotland. I have a shat myself story somewhere in your emails, but I might send it again to get priority. Yes, yes, the morass of emails. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see, is there another, is there another, yes, there is, um, we have had some, some issues with the, uh, RSS link. I'm trying to get Patreon to fix it. We, we don't do any of the tech. We're not techies. Um, so apologies if there's been any issues, but Patreon, uh, other guys to get in touch with which is certainly what i'm doing there seems to have been some mass update that's made some people's things not work hmm. um none of which it can be solved by us but there's nothing worse than sending someone a link to an faq is there phil it no, feels so impotent no but it's all one can do yeah faq faq yeah it's all one can do is FAQ. So, a big old boy from Andy. Andy. Um, how handy how to hear handy. from Andy. Uh, Andy says, Dear poached pears with Chan Philly cream. Wow, Ooh. lovely. Chan Philly cream. What's that? Uh, Chantilly. What's that a play on? Oh, very good. Chantilly cream. Very good. Very tasty. Approaching a year ago, I was honored to be featured in the inaugural correspondence special. Ah. It's safe to say, though, my original email was the product of a case of correspondence constipation and was severely overloaded. It would have taken far too many Louis to release it all. <laughs> far too many Louis. Of effort, I think. To release it all. Right. At the time, there was a vague reference. You may one day return to it. I think this was just like a, a like a seven page. Maybe this was the one that Andy was Andy sent. Was it like full of references that we didn't even remember? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, yeah. Like a mechanized Bruce Forsyth attacking the Falklands. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> it's Bruce Forsyth. So he sort of stumps and shoots lasers. Uh, nice. Nice to kill you. To kill you. <laughs> anyway, so he says, I thought I'd save you the strain and, and instead send over a couple of choice comments from the initial email. However, I did also want to include a story I only remembered recently, but one that fits beautifully into the canon. So uh, this one is called A Short Piss Story. Nice. While at uni, a friend of mine moonlighted as a receptionist at the local sexual health clinic. Mm. Very sitcom scenario. Yes, but good, important mm. work. On one shift, a patient attended the clinic who seemed a little nervous and unsure. My friend tried to put him at ease and dutifully advised him he'd need to provide a urine sample and have some swabs taken. He was informed the urine sample should be deposited in a little hatch on the other side of the waiting room. He clarified which hatch it was, and my friend diligently pointed it out. 
Now, I can't say for certain whether mm. my friend did or did not make the basket of sample parts by her side clear enough. Nevertheless, a few moments later, she was interrupted with shouts of, No, 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 no! <laughs> em emanating from her colleagues in the lab, she looked up to see the man using the hatch as a glory hole urinal. No. <laughs> Depositing it. Oh, no. So so from so from in the lab, what they saw was the thing, the, the little door opened up, and just, just a penis just stick through it. Piss straight into this hatch. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's being showered in piss through a hatch by a stranger. Horrible. Well, <laughs> depends what you're into. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so perfectly comical. That's such a great wow. comical. That's such a comical. In front of all the other waiting image. patients, she says as well. He says, sorry. Incredible. Um, trying to ensure the lab got the freshest sample possible. Yes. Um. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened after that, but I do hope his STI screen was negative so he did not have to return. Yeah, that's true. Or infect everyone in the lab with his stream. Yeah, chemical weapon. Yeah. So this is called... Chlamydia gun. Yeah. This is called medical titbit. What is? This next chunk. He's given subheadings. Oh, okay. Oh, great. Oh, lovely. Oh, very So lovely. that was a short history, and this is a medical titbit. Mm. It seems you gentlemen at Budpod HQ appreciate bonus science. Oh, yes, please. As well as callbacks to conversations that you potentially don't remember. Yes. Mm -hmm. As such, I thought I'd kill two birds with one stone and provide a medical tidbit that stems from a previous correspondent. Love it. Love it. Way back in episode 90. Way back. Yeah. Way back. There was a story of an orangutan drinking windscreen washer fluid. Mm, this rings a bell. This. Usually included among the ingredients of this are methanol and ethylene glycol, which lower the freezing point. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. An arguably interesting fact, depending on what you find interesting, is that one of the antidotes to these toxins is everyone's favorite pleasure alcohol. Ah, <laughs> yes, yes, of course. As such, there are many tales of patients in remote hospitals being asked to drink vodka or having it injected IV because it was quicker <gasps> what? than waiting for medical-grade antidotes to arrive. So, right, so if someone swallowed antifreeze, the antidote is alcohol. Yeah. Right. This also... Oh, straight to the veins. Yeah, ooh. This also creates the questionable situation of occasionally needing to prescribe alcohol to a child, as the luminous blue color of such fluid <gasps> can provide a keen attraction to a toddler in the back of a car. Oh, no. Poor kids. Yeah. But party kids. <laughs> party kids. It did make me wonder, though, whether the rangers made the orangutan a stiff drink to help them recover. Oh, yeah, interesting. He says, uh, seeing, yeah, seeing one sup and old-fashioned would be a sight to behold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with a big, a big sort of rounded ice cube, just... Ding -ling, ding -ling -ling. Yes, an orangutan, orangutan like... Sort of swirling it about. You know when they kind of, they kind of knuckle run? Yeah. But like with, yeah. completely without spilling a martini in one hand. <laughs> with a pinky out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Swinging down from the trees. 
holding like not not spilling a drop <laughs> <laughs> so like us <laughs> lovely tidbit lovely tidbit and then this next chunk That's is indeed. entitled final thought hmm over the years, there have been a few discussions that have generated recurrent themes from the infamous coolest uncool, the more fleeting weirdest normal thing, and to the modern-day body conspiracies. Ah, yes. Mm. However, weirdest normal thing. Yeah. Arising from episode 60 was one discussion that I thought had the potential to be longer-lived, but seemingly didn't catch on. Oh, I mm. remember this. This was in relation to occupational phrases to flush the loo to. Occupational phrases to flush the loo yes. to. Yes, originating from a story where a teacher said, uh, originating from a teacher saying, you're expelled when flushing. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're okay. expelled. Um, a few came to me at the mm. time, so perhaps it's worth rekindling. Some Kickstarters. Uh, football commentator. They think it's all over. <laughs> and then it is now when you flush yeah. it. That's good. Um, That's good. He's written here instead of cowboy, <laughs> and he's written Wild West Bandit, which is really funny to me. <laughs> That's a Halloween yeah. costume. Wild West Bandit. <laughs> um, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. That's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, and he said, uh, "This is nice. It's got a little twist in the tail." Sewage worker. Until next time. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta give a round of applause to that one. That one's really yeah, good. That's good. <laughs> that's excellent. That is good. I like that's that. Really funny. I think we did one with comedians, like where, or like maybe it would be funny if you were a comedian to do it. With like, uh, yeah, right. Like, like, um, you've been brilliant. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Um, yeah, or like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, your headline act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah he says uh that's all for now see you at bud pod live kind jackings dandy andy yes uh, it was dandy andy oh excellent how exciting yes we'll see a bud pod the sold out bud pod live yes. um although we we will be putting up uh another. another um right well that's all the time we have thank you so much for the excellent correspondence thank you guys and for being patreons and remember soho theater um, dates are selling out there are extra dates available and um, and do uh, get tickets for my tour, please. Especially if you're in Glasgow, because I'm in a big theatre there in April in Glasgow, Scotland. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, we'll see you next time. Enjoy the Christmassy vibes. Enjoy. Bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.